So Adam and I talked. We had a picnic. Tuna <laughs> sandwiches, deviled eggs. Ooh. Unsweetened iced tea. No, I'm out. How do we make the deep end deeper? Like, what do we do to make it more deep? Add depth, if you will. Yes. Dynasty. And the obvious answer is dynasty. So this is the deep end dynasty 101. On Tuesday's show, the microphone appeared for the first time in Deep End history, and I didn't think it was big enough, so... So you made it bigger? I'm still working on the balance here between the the head and the mic. The, the mic and the mic. The mic and the mic. Oh mic and gosh. mic. Has there ever been a show named that? Never, ever. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, do you know anything about Dynasty? I love Dynasty. Um, and the reason... I, got, I think the thing that I love about dynasty is the trading. Cause I play in so many of these high stakes leagues and these tournaments where the best ball, there's no, there's no trading. So the fun part is in January, February, March, April is make make, make these trades, you know? Um, what, what, what about you? I mean, is what's, what's your favorite thing about it? Well, a couple of years ago, the thing I loved most about it, and I didn't think I needed anything different was the trading also. And then you came along. Oh boy! With your all your high stakes fur coats and your you know, <laughs> boa, that's the whole, right. The whole look, the whole <laughs> high stakes vibe, and you you know, let's try this. Let's try FFPC high stakes fantasy football. And there's no trading. And no. I cannot tell you how many times in the course of high stakes leagues I appreciated that there was no trading because I never had to wonder if a guy who had seventy teams had a friend with 40 teams and had 20 different arrangements going at the same time. I loved there was no trading. So a little bit of a 180 for me. And now it's really dynasty season. You know, it's not high stakes season at all, except for the no. best balls. Yeah. And I'm a little bit, I think it's good for me. I'm a little bit cautious because um, I used to be, you know, very gullible, and welcoming and oh if even if i make a bad deal here i'll make a good deal later you know I'll just, just wanting the action and this year i'm not like that at all so it'll be fun to explore dynasty strategy with you over the course of the next however many months and have different guests on we'll have jim coventry from rotowire coming up tonight shortly and we'll talk about some of that with him so that we yeah. don't make him wait too long we're starting deep end dynasty tonight and let's talk about, with that in mind, startups and yes. how to, you know, if you wanted, Adam, if you wanted to start a dynasty league, you have a bunch of friends who want to do it. I feel like it's really growing and fantasy football players are usually draft in August. They sort of notice that more leagues are year round. They want to be a part of that. What would you go, how would you go about building a, a startup league and what might be uh, some of your thoughts? Superflex. That's the first thing that comes to my mind is a, it's so much fun. Uh, super flex for those of you who don't know is a two quarterback. Well, they call them super flex or two quarterback. Um, it's basically, you can start a quarterback in your flex spot. So generally it's the same thing as a, as a two quarterback league, but I just love the dynamic that it adds to the, to the draft, especially with all the trading that you can do. 
Um, and again, a lot of the leagues, even your local home leagues, um, leagues, you know, online, there's not a lot of super flex leagues. Now they're getting bigger underdog just announced today that they're doing a super flex tournament, which is horrible for my pocketbook because I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be all in on these super flex tournaments. I love it. I love the quarterback position. I love studying it and I love rooting for it. I love assessing it. So it stunk in other, in other leagues. I'm the weight on quarterback guy, right? I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. Um, I obviously Josh Allen's my guy. I love Josh Allen, but I was never getting him because a couple of years ago I was getting it, but now he's the, he's the QB one. So I'm usually never taking it, but it's super flex. I'm all in on, on Josh Allen. So yeah, super flex and tight end premium would be my next step to dynasty. It just, again, it, it makes the tight ends more valuable. Anything that can add um, more strategy to making different builds, to building a roster, to, to helping with, to, with trading and draft strategy. I love it. So super flex, tight end premium would be my top two things. What are you at the lobster roll in uh, Eastern Mass? I mean, you've got the gray background and the, the Cape ship Cod back divide. there. What is oh. going on back there? What happened to you? What, where's your background? <laughs> you know, if you want Josh Allen and you draft 102 in a dynasty startup, you're in trouble. I know. I know. It's it's, it's terrible. It's gotten to that point. It's gotten oh. to that point. I mean, there are so many ways. You can set it up. And all I would say is just generally think it through and make sure it's how you want it. And that transcends from roster construction or starting positions and scoring and things like that, sort of the minutia of fantasy football to when do people have to pay by and do you want a trophy and just how you want to kind of present your new league. I think there are a lot of people every year, more and more every year who are starting in this venture. They want to, they have friends they've been playing with for a long time. They're the alpha in that league. They're going to start the dynasty league and that's fine. And the really, there's no uh, reason why you can't try anything. You know, don't, don't feel like, don't settle for having it be like your home league. When sure. this was me a year ago, I wanted, I had a, a dynasty league. I started in 2018 and it was kind of a little bit boring for me. It's fine. It's still going and it's going well. We've had four different champions. But then I, I really sat down and I, I did this process myself and thought, what do I want to do to make it unique or at least different than most leagues? Because unique, Adam, you know, means only one. People say, you know, very <laughs> unique. Don't, don't, ever let, don't ever let me catch you saying that. So I it means one. So what do we do? I incorporated a standings and playoff format that I know from curling, from Canadian curling tournaments. Oh, wow. Uh, we did a thing where you have to trade your first round pick so that there would be no tanking. Nobody would have an incentive to finish last because they would keep their own 101. You had to trade it or else you would forfeit it. Things like that. We did some IDP. I was in one league that had one IDP and he had to play for your starting defense. And I thought that was interesting. So Let's do a couple, a little bit of that. And, you know, you can change it. But another thing to keep in mind, I'll keep this short. Make sure you determine how to make decisions. Are you going to decide? Do people in your league trust you to decide? Or are you going to vote? It's better to establish all of that up front. So this isn't the specific, you know, two running backs, PPR or half PPR. And this is definitely not whether you should draft 
Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams. This is more, right. you know, just take a cigar and think about all the ways from your experience how you can make your league interesting to you and work for you. And there should be no uh, no end to those that's thoughts. Right. That's uh, a little bit meta, but that's my thinking. Yeah, now with all the websites out there now that can help you do this type stuff, um, from you know from ESPN, I don't even know if man, I'm so I've been playing so long. CBS Sportsline used to do it. I don't even know if they even exist. Wow. CBS Sportsline, but yeah, you get the MFL, you know, all the different sites that can help you do this stuff and create really unique rules and strategies, which which can fit. Um, yeah, IDP, all all that stuff. It's it's a it's a nice little. Um, I mean, there, there's no off season in fantasy now, but it's a, definitely a nice little thing to do here in the off season. I can't wait for startups in the FFPC soon. I'm, I'm dying to get in some of these super flex yeah. drafts and get, get, get rolling here. What about real quick on that? What about orphans? Yeah. You know, I actually, I'm not huge into, or- I scrolled through, I honestly, I was looking for some, for some Josh Allen, super flex orphan teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one, but it wasn't like, it was a $250 buy-in and I don't, I want to play a little bit more high of, of a stake to, because again, these dynasty teams are going to take up a lot of, a lot of your, of your time. So for me, I want it to be, you know, in the wheelhouse that I'm used to playing. So I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'll do that, but um, it's got to, generally if I'm going to do an orphan, I'll go look and I'll, I'll have a couple players in mind to see if I can, if I can build around those guys. Um, and, uh, but I'm usually not an orphan, an orphan guy. I like to do, I like to do startups and kind of build my own team. Well, when you're at the lobster roll, you know, <laughs> six months a year out there on the Cape with the wind blowing and the rain pouring down, you got the hat on to keep you dry. That's right. And appreciate why you don't want to spend so much time. Let's bring in our guest, Jim Coventry from Wire. You hear him on fan, on uh, serious fantasy shows. And I, you know, no pressure, Jim, at least just sort of wear it. I consider you an expert in the field. So, uh, you know. I'm sure you'll hold up your end uh, tonight talking to us. And you and Adam have some, somewhat of a past, I understand. <laughs> yes, but Adam is far better telling this story than I am. And gentlemen, thank you for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here hanging out with you and talking some fantasy football. Thank you. So, Adam, yeah, let's, Jim- get, let's get that out of the way. Oh, you want to tell this? Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Jim, you used, so you used to work for, for Draft Sharks back in the day. DraftSharks.com. Great guys. That- Love that team. Was that your first job in the in the in the biz? Kind of. I worked a year for John Hansen with Fantasy Guru. Yep. And um, it's kind of like an unspoken internship because I wanted to break in. And so yeah, then after that year, I actually had contacted John to see if I could work full time uh, the following year. And so what happened was John didn't get to his emails. I knew they were merging with football injuries, Adam Kaplan that year. So I figured they were probably good. And then. I had been looking for work and Lenny uh, Papano gave me a job with draft sharks. And then Hanson checked with me later saying, Oh, I just ch- saw my emails. I'm like, Oh, you know, but uh, it worked out. It's just great working for Lenny with Jared. It, it was just wonderful. Many years, great opportunity. Good people. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. So, so, you know, Lenny Papano owner of draft sharks, he's big into the NFL draft. So he has a party every year so, somewhere. Sometimes it's in state out of state, but I think it was a draft party, maybe 2005 or 2006, something like that. I was a, I was, I was a kid. I was in diapers back then. And uh, we're playing poker at a poker room down in his basement. 
And long story short, it was it was, it was a turn. I think we played tournaments, and I think I had a full house twice. <laughs> and both times, Jim dealt himself quads over my full house and sent me home oh, crying like, like, like a baby. Careful, dealt himself. Careful. Well, that's that's careful. the story. That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> I was very hot headed back then. You know, it was just like I wasn't. Oh, you were? Oh uh, no, you can't even imagine. You can't imagine. So uh no, it was it was so much fun. And uh I'm glad I got to meet Jim way back in the day. And now somehow the story the story's just it's it's got a life of its own now. It's fantastic. Yes, a lot of people think I am something I'm not, and maybe that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, which story has had more legs on our shows over the years? Your poker story with Jim or my rescue dog story with that's Lenny and Chris. That's right. Both that's have, right. Have, have their own existences. Listen, Jim, this is the last time you should have to answer to this ever. <laughs> I mean, he confronted you at the expo last year. Now it's this, you know. There was uh, no confrontation. And forever, just a dealt himself. You know what you're trying to say. Just get <laughs> over it. End it tonight. Everything is buried after this. So, so here's the fun. Can I tell you real quick the funny part of the story? I do not have good fine motor skills. I'm the bull in the china shop. So dealing cards, I'm like all awkward with it. And so I think Adam was like wondering what I was doing with the cards. Literally, my motor skills are horrible. He's and slick. so I think he thought I was doing something weird at the deck. And then he draw quads twice. And yeah, so anyway, that was kind of the end of that story. But uh, I thought so that funny. was funny. So funny. Uh, I am sure this is the last time the story will be ever spoken of, except for every time Adam and I drive to Canton together uh, <laughs> starting this summer, I'm sure. Poker, I'm sure poker at the Expo this year. Oh, unbelievable. Right, Let's right. Go. And flag football. You're two uh, I'm ready. best uh, subjects. <laughs> anyway, Jim, so this is our first dynasty-oriented deep end podcast we're talking about some things to maybe consider when you're starting a, a, a dynasty league, whether you're running one or just participating. Do you have any thoughts along those lines? Like what are some, what are some good advice for people who want to get into dynasty? You know, I heard Adam mentioned earlier, the idea of Superflex, and I love Superflex. The one thing that gets me a little concerned with Superflex and dynasty is that one quarterback injury could be complete death for your team. Because you, well, if it's a start two quarterback, I guess super flex, you can start a different position player, but it becomes problematic when people are drafting four quarterbacks and you're in a 12 team league and there's a supply of about 32. And so, but otherwise you still go with it though, because anytime you add more starting positions, you add a skill level to the game, add more fantasy managers, the more you add, the more it adds the experience and the talent level and the level of difficulty. So I think that is totally right. You have to go super flex and as many teams as you could comfortably fit because you don't want it to be easy. You don't want there to be luck involved. And the more of these variables you put in, the, the better owners are the ones, I'm not saying better players, I should say, are the ones that have the odds put in their favor by their hard work and their smarts. And that's the whole point, isn't it? That's like sort of the reason for doing these leagues is to separate from I don't want to say the wrong thing, but your regular redraft leagues where somebody's in there and they just sort of suck out poker. Sorry, Adam, suck out the whole season and they get you beat. So that makes sense. You want to make it hard, right, Adam? You want to make it challenging? Yeah, absolutely. And Jim does make a great point uh, about that. And I remember you, Mike, talking maybe before your dynasty league that you put together 
uh, recently, and you were talking about, you know, if we do another super flex startup, like I'm just going to take all the quarterbacks because then I have all the leverage with trades and injuries and, and all that stuff. And, and that's, those are really good points. Even if you're, you know, maybe I know a lot of people that in dynasty, they will go into the first year and they will just, you know, trade away picks for next year. And they'll basically throw away the first year. You can do that and take four or five, six quarterbacks. And now you've got all the leverage and all the power for year two, year three, whatever. So that's a good point that Jim makes about the super flex. And it can get a little bit dangerous. If it's your own home league, maybe you can put a cap on how many you're allowed to draft something like that. Um, but you're still, even if you put a cap on three, that's 36, you know, 12 times three, 30. So you're not going to get all three starters. So uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good point. I think Jim, you know, last year too, and this year are both years where I think fans are anticipating a lot of change at quarterback. So you might look at your average dynasty roster right now and see, okay, well, Garoppolo, even Jalen Hurts. I mean, you have Wentz, obviously. You have six or eight guys where last year you did exactly what Adam is saying. You accomplished that and you put them in. You didn't worry about it too much. But, you know, one year later, Bridgewater is worth what in in Dynasty? You know, you have a lot of those names. So I'm not sure. Maybe you have a thought on this if this is an especially changeable time or if this is sort of random in the last couple of years, because you do have a lot of teams, especially in the AFC who seem to be all set at the position. Yes. It, it's difficult because the league goes through these cycles. And right now we have too many quarterbacks who are not long-term starters in the league. We may have upwards of 11 or 12 of those players. And so that's going to churn the quarterback pool greatly. So it's almost very important in a startup draft in Dynasty to get a couple of young quarterbacks, hopefully who have a little experience. Like I know he's not young. Last year in one of the redraft, and I'm sorry, the new drafts that we started for Dynasty. Dak Prescott, he was 27, 28. I felt that was a good age. Quarterbacks are playing if they're established till they're in their upper 30s. So I thought getting a quarterback in that range was smart. I was willing to draft him a little bit sooner. Now I took a lottery ticket with my second quarterback. Trey Lance did fall a little bit. And I thought that was a pick that I liked because he's somebody I expected the draft capital, the team he went to, running quarterback. If you get him young enough, you hope to have these quarterbacks for a number of years. But you're right, Michael. We're talking about all these quarterbacks who are marginal players. Rostering them is very tricky because we don't know if they'll have a job in six weeks next year or what their situation will be. So you have to go in with a very specific strategy that suits your needs when you're starting that dynasty startup. Right. I mean, imagine Deshaun Watson, maybe 15 months ago, what would be the problem? He's one of those guys you think is set forever. Maybe there'll be someone else like that in a year where you don't think you're going to have any problems, but there'll be some bad injury or some off the field, who knows what, and the situation will change. Adam, you and I were talking about, you know, in our drafts coming up, the value of rookie picks. I think that this is a question that people have all the time in Dynasty is, what are my rookie picks worth? Do I want to get rid of them or double down on them? You hear a couple of things here and there about the, the quality of this class. I'm not sure that that holds up over the years, you know, year to year. But, Adam, do you have a thought on what rookie picks are worth to you in Dynasty? Yeah, I'm I'm like the LA Rams of of Dynasty. I I don't I mean I love 
the idea of having a bunch of rookie picks in like a stacked class or something like that. But I would rather replenish with guys I've seen, guys I've known. I mean, we talk about all the time, like, you know, the NFL doesn't even know if these guys are going to be good or not. You know, how am I supposed to know? But I can tell you who, who's already been in the NFL, who's already playing, you know, if they are good or not, uh, or a little bit easier than I can, you know, with the rookies. So I'm that guy. I'm not the guy that's going to get into a dynasty startup and just burn to the ground and plan for two years out. I'm not that guy. Um, so the rookie picks do mean something. Um, even if you want to hoard them to, to trade them away for, for, uh, for players that you are, that, that you want, which I have done that before too, but I'm not the guy who likes to go into a rookie uh, dynasty rookie draft with like four or five first round picks. I know, I guess there are exceptions if you got a year where you've got, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, like you had a really stacked running back class, something like something like that. But for me, I, I would, I would rather just trade those picks and get guys that I really like um, moving, moving forward. Jim, is that how you feel? I had to laugh when Adam said the LA Rams, because that is exactly what I was going to say is my approach. Now a first round rookie pick fine Uh, the hit rate is fairly decent for the most part you're okay with that but beyond the first round I'm always happy trading those picks away for any player that I feel has established value that I like because look we understand it's in the NFL draft a player drafted in the NFL first round they do have a significant bust rate, but the second, third, fourth round as the rounds go on that NFL bust rate grows exponentially I don't want to deal with that if I don't have to. And there are plenty of dynasty managers that feel they have the handle on all these third and fourth round picks. Go at it. Give me the veterans. I'm happy to do that. We got a chat text here from Scott. Who was a dynasty player on the rise and one that's a faller on the right relative to sort of the general attitude about each guy. You know, some of the, the, the tight ends are kind of interesting, guys, to, to throw something out. I'm in a, not a dynasty, but a best ball draft right now. And people are excited about Pat Fryermuth. They're excited about Dawson Knox. They're excited about Cole Komet. Um, there's a little bit of juice there, but that's not exactly an answer to Scott's question. You guys have any thoughts? Yeah, I think a guy that I really like right now in, in, in a redraft any dynasty is Hunter Renfro. I think he's a guy that he's he's young still. He's in an offense that's that's about to, I think, be tailored perfectly for for him. And he's still not um he's he's still not people aren't raving about him yet. I don't think people have caught on to the fact that he's gonna be Julian Edelman. Like he's gonna get a hundred catches in this offense, I feel like, with Derek Carr. And I think you can get him, you know, I'm in a couple, I'm in a, not in a ton of dynasty leagues, I'm probably in like seven or eight. And I got an I have Hunter Renfro randomly in one and I got offered a, a second round pick for him. And it's not even close to what I would ask for, to what I would take for Hunter Renfro right now. So a guy that I might be trying to go get before, because I think underdog ADP, what, sixth round r- r- right now? I feel like in two, three, four months, it's going to be fourth round where Edelman was going, um, fourth, f- fifth round. So that's a guy I think you can get right now that I think's rising. You, you know, building, yeah. 
building off what Adam said, look, there's a trend that happened in the league last year. And this trend, in my opinion, is going to last a few years minimum. And that trend was when teams started to go to the two high safeties. And they forced the NFL teams to stop going for the big downfield shot and to settle for things underneath. We saw, as Adam mentioned, Hunter Renfro went up, Amon Ray St. Brown in the second half of the season, Jalen Waddle. Players who were playing in the interior of the field were raking in the second half. That was not an accident. And fantasy managers that don't pay attention to that trend could get burned this year. So, yes, a Hunter Renfro, any of the players along that lines that are being undervalued who are middle-of-the-field players, I believe they are going to have great reward. Now, the downgraded players – not the superstars, but we saw Cortland Sutton have a bad year last year, and it had to do with quarterback play and many other things. But if we look at the changes the defense has made to take away the big play, the superstars are still going to get theirs, no question. But the players who are below that tier and they're more of the outside clashers, I think their fantasy value is going to go down because the league is going to take those big plays away. That is here to stay for, I get a few years. So I will answer those are the risers and the followers, not by name, but by grouping. Yeah, a lot of those those top receivers, you see, you can picture Devontae Adams in your mind's eye or Jamar Chase, you know, they're doing it all. A lot of, a lot of their big plays are slants, they're underneath. Uh, out routes like Adams just could pick up 10, 15 yards almost with the right quarterback, both in both cases, all the time. And then that just makes it easier for them to get loose down the field. And you get that too. One more idea for a faller might be surprising because the guys had a lot of success in the league. Tom Brady seems to be falling <laughs> a little bit in the last few months, but don't rule out the possibility of an uptick because Brady refuses to just rule out himself the possibility of playing again you know that's a good that's a good point jim sorry mike i just wanted to about the outside receivers i really want to love a guy like Cortland sutton but even when we're talking dynasty with the rookies a guy like Traylon burks is one of those like uh, one of those big bodied you know he ran pretty well today. i think he ran a four five he's six two but he does but with him he does play a little bit out of the slot too i think it was Maybe forty percent of his routes were out of the slot. I could could be wrong, but I think he's a he could be a big bodied slot. But I really want to love a guy like Burks. But it depends what offense is he going to go to, what quarterbacks he going to go to. Like Mike said, Adams can get fifteen yards on those slants, but he's got Aaron Rodgers. Like you gotta, I feel like a guy like Burks to 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 really hit early has to be with the right offense and the right quarterback to really uh, take advantage of that of that big body. Because like you said, defenses are taking that away. The Bills defense, for example. They never give up deep balls ever, never, ever, never. It's not because they have, you know, all, you know, Hall of Fame corners, super athletic guys. It's just their scheme. They play that shell and they're not going to let you be, beat them deep. And so, um, you know, guys like Traylon Burks uh, might might struggle, whereas maybe some of these rookies, you know, like Calvin Austin, something like that, um, depending on where he lands. But, you know, someone quick um, like that might fit the NFL bet better now. Well, uh, yes. I mean, Hill had that one against the Bills, but that's not a deep pass. I mean, obviously, right. That was that, short. And he ran. Yep. He just got through everybody because where yep. the where they're strong, they're maybe a little bit on the slow side, deep middle, and it, it got them a long way. I'm not knocking them, Jim. Before we let you go, so a big part, maybe the most fun part of playing in Dynasty, is trades. Do you have any 
tips for this is basic negotiation skills, kind of like one one that can apply to a fantasy sports league, which is again why it makes makes it so much fun and so interesting. Any trade advice? So yes, and especially if we're talking dynasty, it's in all leagues. But you want to create goodwill with the fellow fantasy managers you're in the league with, and going in looking the rosters over trying to create a win-win proposition. Look seriously at what your other manager needs, what you need. Find an offer that gives them equal value to what you're going to get in return. Yes, you're going to have to give up to get. That's the way it works. The people that try to fleece people, it doesn't work. It gets them upset, and then nobody wants to do business with them. So, Look, many of my leagues, frequently, the first offer I give gets taken because I take that time to study their roster and I will give them value. And that reputation that I've established with the people who I'm in the same leagues with year over year, they realize that I'm going to give them my best offer first. I'm not looking to make a counter. I'm looking to make a deal. Well, plus to piggyback off the edge of, I don't know how many dynasty leagues you're in, but like if you're in enough dynasty leagues, five, yeah, um, there's just no time to go back and forth 76 times, you know, uh, for all these trades. It's it, 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 like you said, it can be frustrating. I completely agree. Um, and we got another quick question here for you, Jim, from, from Scott again, um, is Jalen Waddle a first rounder in dynasty startups? What, what, what do you think? Well, if it's super flex, we already have to rule that out. If it's tight end premium, that makes it dicey. If it's single quarterback, you could make the case for it. But I would not put Waddle in that rarefied air. Because like I said earlier, he is the prototype for the type of player who's going to thrive in this too high shell league for the next few years. But with the quarterback lack, and look, he got a ton of targets down the stretch. But if they get that ball spread around a bit more, I don't know that that target share holds. If Miami's defense plays well, they may run the ball more. I don't think he is going to command the level of targets he commanded in the second half last season. I don't think he's that guy. I think he's a star. But I think that the way he plays in the middle of the field primarily, it's going to be useful. But in the first round, I want that guy, like Mike mentioned, the Devontae Adams who could beat you in any particular way. He could beat you down the sideline, not by speed, but by smarts and ability. Beat you on the slant, beat you in all different ways. And I think Jalen Waddell can do a lot of things, but I don't think he's that that level of player who is at that tier. I still would like C.D. Lamb ahead of Jalen Waddell. Interesting, yeah. A super flex is a factor. The format is so key. Tight end premium. So is whether you start three receivers versus two. I mean, pretty. it seems to me in recent experience, the guys who have really crushed it in dynasty startups have been the guys who went all in on wide receiver. And it couples with the point in time we're in in, in the NFL where you have all these amazing wide receivers coming to the league. We don't know yet if the 2022 guys will be amazing, but you do have six or eight of them that could all be the first one picked going into the combine. I mean, Burks is such a specimen, like you mentioned him. He didn't jump today very well. So it's going to be a matter of taste. You had rugs go first in the year with Lamb and Jefferson and Judy and Rager. And there was that, that was a big surprise. So there's so many easily, right, Jim, just quickly, easily the top two dynasty receiver properties, if you will, 
are Chase and Jefferson, guys who've come into the league in the last two years who were in the same college offense. Like this could change even even at a position where there's a lot of longevity compared to running back. This can change pretty fast w- with the time we're in. Yeah, and I, I also like, you know, a knock on Waddle too is I also like my if I'm gonna take a receiver in the first round, I want him to be attached to a stud quarterback. Like Tua to me is not a stud. He who knows how long he's gonna be there. And then when he's gone, they could be in quarterback purgatory forever. Now Waddle is that short intermediate guy where you know you just gotta get in the ball quick and let him do all the work. But still, if I'm first round pick, I want a guy that's attached to Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, you know, those type of guys uh that are gonna be attached to them for two, three, four, five years. Well, Jim, let me just tell you, uh, we, we all met at the Expo in Canton last year. We may see each other again this year, but Rotowire, your company, was really my uh, re-entry into fantasy sports, listening to the Rotowire guys, Chris and Jeff uh, and Mario on, uh, on Sirius. You're a big part of that. You're on the air sometimes with those guys too. And then the fact that you know Adam – I didn't hold that against you. So it was great to have you on. <laughs> it was a blast being here. And yeah, anytime and look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thank you. Thanks Jim. so much, Jim. See you in Canton. You know, that's Love something it. you say to somebody when they're retiring and they've had an amazing career. They're getting your, their number retired. See you in Canton. <laughs> See you in Canton. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. See you in Canton to play poker and flag football and drink <laughs> at the, uh, the residence in. Um, oh, I love it. Okay, well, yeah, that'll be fun. So a couple of thoughts here. Um, Offers, if you're in Dynasty Leagues, are probably flying around, especially this week, I think, Adam, with the Combine happening. Yeah. And so um, do you have any good ones you want to share? Yeah, let me uh, pull this up here. I got one that I just recently did over at – so most of my Dynasty right now is over at the FFPC – you know, so we were talking about this one I did on January 29th. Let me pull this one up here. So, and again, I want to apologize. So, you know, I know in drafts, we're not supposed to show the people's names. I don't know how to show trades without showing who the trades are with, okay. you know, so for, for, forgive me. Uh, and again, every dynasty team has their own prerogative, their own, you know, how, how they're trying to build, what they're trying to do. Maybe they're trying to flip a player. Anyways, um, super flex. Uh, I said, you know what? I'm in the super flex league. I really want to win. I am Birdman's Brigade. I said, I can't do Superflex anymore without Josh Allen. I'm going to do whatever it takes to go get Josh Allen. And I did. I traded DK Metcalf. I traded Tony Pollard, Elijah Moore, and a first-round pick next year for Josh Allen and Darren Waller. So, you know, Josh Allen's one of the guys that I think is a a trade target for me for Dynasty, um, especially – in and really in super flex because he, I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. He's been the best fantasy quarterback back to back years, but he, I feel like he still doesn't get that Patrick Mahomes air about him where, Oh my gosh, I got to have, like, I think you can still get him. And I think I got a pretty decent dealer. You got to remember again, it's super flex. I know Elijah Moore has been rising lately, but I don't know. I feel, I feel pretty good about, about this deal. Yeah. Uh, I think you should. Waller, he's going to be a polarizing player, I think, as we talk through the spring and summer. Uh, I think the Raiders are most, not that this is really the focus, but the Raiders will mostly be the same, I think, personnel-wise. Maybe they'll add a receiver. Elijah Moore, everybody loves Elijah Moore. They still have Corey Davis, 
and the quarterback hasn't proven he can play yet. I, I think he did great here. Yeah, Love I, that I, calf. And, and yeah. Pollard is a part timer. I mean, Pollard might not get to a full time role if he ever does before he's almost aged out. I know it's so wild. You it's know, he, he's sick. somebody I'm I'm enjoying shopping in in uh, Dynasty because there's a lot of excitement for Tony Pollard, and I think I mean Elliot's going to he's getting paid. He's going to play. Right. That's right. So, um, and then real quick, I made another one. I think this was today, actually. Uh, oh. So th- this is in the in the Draft Sharks Dynasty League, uh, where a bunch of guys, um, you know, we, do, we had a bunch of Draft Sharks Dynasty guys, Jared, Kevin, Matt, we're all, we're all in this together. And today, I need a tight end so so bad. My team is stacked. I'll show you afterwards, just so you can see. But I went ahead and I traded for Dallas Goddard. Uh, I traded uh, a second round pick and a. Th- Second round pick this year and a second and third next year. And again, it's t- tight end premium. So I thought I did pretty good there. He he also had another pretty good tight end on his roster. So he could he could kind of trade Dallas Goddard. I'm not super high on Goddard. You know, I still think he's he's probably like my I don't know, tight end seven. seven, something like that, you know. But but again, to fit and again, a lot of this stuff, guys, has to do with guys and girls. This has to do with the, your roster, your team, you know, what you need to do. Maybe you got to overpay, but you know. Again, this is super flex. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Elijah Mitchell, Zeke, Diggs, Jefferson, Ridley, and I had Ferkser in there. So live, I'm going to put in Dallas. <laughs> live, on dun, dun, dun. live on the deep end. So like I was I'm basically, in my, in my eyes, I'm a tight end away from being an absolutely dominant team. Got Pollard on the bench, Madison. I got those handcuffed guys, Boyd, Crowder, Beasley. Um, I, I mean, I have no first or second round pick now, but I don't care. I, I love this team. Um, I needed to get that tight end. It was, and it was a, it was a quick, 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 quick deal. I think that is something getting rid of your first and second or your draft crop. That is something you do want to be willing to do. I mean, yeah. dynasty, why do you want to play dynasty draft picks year round? Sort of the idea the way every NFL or every sports GM talks, building through the draft. Look, if you're the fourth best team, you you go to your app and find out you're the fourth or fifth best team. What are you going to do? Right. You're going to build through the draft. You're going to maybe you want to sell everything for the right deal and go to the top. And that's what I would do. I mean, you cannot be afraid to do that. It does mean at next year's draft, which is the one get together you'll have everybody's favorite day, you're going to sit there all day and watch the other players pick and <laughs> all feel drink. like they're getting they're a lot drink. better. Yeah, yeah, but play in enough leagues where you can have a balance and then be able to afford to have some leagues where it's like that, I would say. Because if you're drafting seventh, it's going to be fun to look forward to. You're going to enjoy those conversations, but you're not, you're not necessarily going to get better doing that. You know, Just move it. Always be working. Don't be annoying if you can avoid it, but always be sort of trying to figure out ways to go to one end or the other. The other end is fine too. Sneaky Joe in one league that I know a lot of people are familiar with the league of shopes and dreams. (laughs) Sneaky Joe last year is like, all right, I'm bad. He went and he's got five first round picks coming up in this draft. But, you know, we'll talk about this over the course of the season. What exactly do you do with those picks? It's too many. It's too many, Adam, you know, you're going to have, this Ohio State wide receiver and this running back four and this, you know, if they all work out. Last year, I drafted Pitts, Chase, and Waddle in one first round in that league. I was lucky. The timing was just, I don't know how you plan for that. 
2023, all the dynasty shows are telling you the same thing is sort of next year over this year. If you can figure out a way to do that optimally, but, but again, who wants to, again, like you said, who wants to keep pushing it back? You know um, it's, it's costing you money too. You're burning money to, 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 to push it back for next year, you know? And, right. and again, this league, this is just kind of a, it's a $77 dynasty league kind of to get everybody involved on draft sharks, but it's a lot easier to make, you know, big trades that way. Um, you know, maybe for a thousand dollar dynasty league, it's a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit shakier because if you have a bad team in a thousand dollar league, you're burning a thousand dollars every single year. We're here, you know, it's a lot cheaper here. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, five first round picks is tough. You know, it's hopefully he can sneaky joke and trade a couple of those for, for next year. Those 77s, I'm in one of those with Davis Maddock and Louis G. Nice. I got, I, I got second last year. It pays 150 for second. There you go. It's not even 2X. Big time. Come on. <laughs> Let's get Alex back. Let's get him on the show. 150 for second and pay 77. <laughs> I'm a hot you know? get, get Get him on the show. Come on. All right, everybody. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at those uh, handles that you see on the screen. We're also on Tuesdays talking high stakes. It's where our, these worlds merge is the FFPC high stakes, the never too early best ball tournaments, and eventually the football guys in the main event. And then we'll do Dynasty on Thursday, different guests, and try to give you different perspectives. But uh, ask us anything over the course of the offseason. Enjoy the rest of your night and your weekend. And uh, Adam, right, we'll have a new uh, logo at some point. Yes. We're gonna have you're gonna have a background that does not make me think you are sitting outside in Maine <laughs> at somebody at your uncle's cottage. I'm in a ship right now. I'm in an old wooden <laughs> ship. <laughs> it's better. You keep saying that. I keep going back to the lobster roll. You, uh, the ship is the better, uh, the better idea. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, Jim Coventry. Thanks everybody for watching. See you next week on the deep end. See you guys.